Are you itching to go to Walt Disney World or Disneyland and just not sure how to start planning? Has it been more than five years since you've been to the parks and you're just overwhelmed by all the changes? Are you a Disney pro who has no problem planning but would rather leave it to an expert to do it for you? Or do you want complete control but don't mind having a travel planner get everything booked? Then Magical Memories by Casey is right for you. Whether you want somebody to plan it all, or you would rather have control and you just simply need someone to process your payment, I can do both and everything in between. And since it costs you nothing extra, using Magical Memories by Casey is like getting that one friend who knows all the insider knowledge to make your trip as perfect as possible. Head on over to www.caseywoolley.com. That's C-A-S-E-Y-W-O-O-L-E-Y.com and fill out one of my planning blueprints for either Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Universal Studios, any cruise line, or any vacation. And we'll get started planning today. No matter where you want to travel, I can help. I look forward to helping you soon. Let's get on with the show. Welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. Here are your hosts, Casey Woolley and Matthew Brown. Hello, everyone, and welcome into the Beers and Ears podcast. My name is Ka- uh, not Casey. Uh, holy cow! <laughs> wow. Okay, I've been I've been gone uh, uh, a whole week, and you've replaced me with you. I, What's up with I that, was, buddy? I was I was getting ahead of myself. My name is Matt, and I am joined fresh off his Disney World extravaganza trip. Uh, Casey. Yes. Hi. Hi. Hi, Casey. How are you? Nice to meet you. My name is Casey as well. No, no. Uh, my name is Casey. Hello, everyone, and welcome into the Beers and Ears podcast. Uh, yeah, as Matt said, I am fresh off of my social media, we call familiarization uh, tour uh, that several members of the Main Street and More travel team uh, went on this last couple of days. Um, and yeah, what a great time. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I was following along through uh, a, a lot of the week, but uh, I want to um, re uh, I want to get your thoughts on um, Tron, because that mm-hmm. was the big thing that you did that had um, not been open. Yep. Um, that is now. So get uh, thoughts. Give it. So. To me. So, no. So, uh, yeah, let me I'll go into Tron in detail in a minute. I had actually put this question up. Um, as a post a couple of days ago, and I got a couple of responses, uh, and I'm curious to hear if anyone else has feedback on this, but at this point with the completion of Tron in Magic Kingdom, all four of the parks at Walt Disney World now have what I would consider like next gen, next generation um, uh, rides, if you will. So you've got the first was Flight of Passage in Animal Kingdom. Then we got Rise of the Resistance in Hollywood Studios, Guardians of the Galaxy in Epcot, and then now Tron at uh, Magic Kingdom. And so I had posed the question for everyone who has written all four, you know, in what ranking do you put them? And it's been really interesting to hear people's responses in terms of what they think um, are the best. I'll share mine in just a minute, but let me talk about Tron. Um, so first and foremost, this was my first time using the virtual queue since they went to the split virtual queue where you can uh, get it in the morning or you can get it at 1 p.m. I will say 
that takes a lot of the pressure off of having to get it in the morning. Cause like, you know, I was, I was thinking about this, you know, and Matt, you and I've talked about this. Like if that's the one attraction you have planned your vacation around there, there's a certain level of disappointment of not being able to get that first thing in the morning. Right. Um, that happened to me with guardians of the galaxy, uh, last, um, uh, I'm sorry, was it Guardians or, or Rise? I think it was Guardians where I tried in the morning to get it and it was instantaneously gone. And at that point, if you don't have it in the morning, you don't get it. Like that was it. You either buy the individual lightning lane or you're not going on the ride. Yeah. Where with the new system, they give you the ability to um, get in the morning so you can start anyone, whether you're a resort guest or not, can start at 7 a.m. Eastern time. And the way they've got it built now, and Matt, I don't know if you did this when you went to Epcot in January, um, you know, you can confirm your party before you actually hit join queue or hit refresh. So, <clears throat> so you confirm your party and then right starting at like 6.58, you just start hitting that refresh button over and over and over again. And then if you get it, it says, says, join the queue, you click join the queue, and then it tells you what boarding group you're in. So I was successfully able to get that at 7am. But what's nice is that if you don't get that starting at 1pm, you can attempt to join the queue, but you actually have to be at Magic Kingdom to do it or at the yeah. park you want. And what I like about it at 1pm is that it's before they allow park hopping. So it's like you picked Magic Kingdom for the day. You clearly weren't able to get it at seven o'clock because you can only get it once. So this is for those people who weren't able to get it before. Well, and you so, do then decrease because like because you can get anybody getting a virtual queue at 7 a.m. Correct. Whereas at the 1 p.m. you are very much shrinking the pool of people that uh, that can be wanting to be there yes. so that that is nice i i do appreciate if they're gonna go to more virtual queue things i appreciate the idea that they give more opportunities than mm -hmm. just at 7 a.m so anyway so i got mine i was boarding group number 28 which was great um i did a little bit of looking online to kind of figure out what the average would be of like when they would call boarding group 28 um, on average, it ranged between 10 and 10, 15 a.m. So, you know, I, I Nate's not necessarily an early riser where I am. So I was like, all right, we've got to leave here by nine so we can be to the parks by or by the Magic Kingdom by 10 o'clock, um, be in the park because you only have an hour. And they're very strict about that that time frame that you have to be back. Um, so, yeah, they called us at about 9.55, actually. They called us fairly I quickly. I found that if you're in one of some of the earlier groups, like I had this with guardians when I went in January, it was, it was like, Oh, you're going to be at this time. And it was much earlier. I mean, it, it, it all depends on just how quickly they can get the boarding groups through. I think there's a little bit of PTSD for some folks with how rise of the resistance worked with that virtual queue for a while. Rise was prone to break down yeah. a lot more than guardians or, um, uh, Tron has. I mean, they, they, they virtually don't break down uh, guardians that have some issues on Friday, which was interesting, which, which we can talk about. But, you know, generally they're able to load these queues. I was finding they were loading the boarding groups about every five minutes, like every five minutes it was increasing. So that gives you an idea of how, how long you're going to be waiting. But anyway, so um, you, you, get, you get called, you go up, they scan your wristband, and then you go up basically what is the ramp underneath the giant canopy which is just amazing you're seeing the, the the train vehicle shoot out from the building or whatever 
Um, and then you get up, there's the test cycle. Um, I was not able to ride in the position that they put most people in. Uh, it had more to do with my calves than anything. If you've got big calves, you're probably not going to be able to ride it, but you know what? That's okay. They've built, they have put in, um, what they call the, I think they called it the, the, the light rider is what they call on the back. Um, but anyways, what's cool is, so we, we got in. Um, we started working our way through the queue. The queue is really cool. It, it, um, you can see the, the, the car shooting below you. Um, and then when you're in the queue, it's all, you know, black lit with the, with the neon lights and everything. They tell you about kind of what the story is. You're the blue team. You're, you're, you're against the orange team and you have to go through eight rings, if you will, before the orange team does to win. Um, and, uh, so once we got through the queue and we got down, I, I told the cast member, I'm going to need the back seat, but I would like to ride in the same train as the member of my party, Nate, who will ride the regular, like, oh yeah, no problem. When you get down to see the other cast member below, let them know that. So when we got down the ramp and below, it's got a very similar layout to guardians queue. I know you okay. wrote guardians, yeah, yeah, yeah. same idea where it's got the ramp that goes down. Um, I, I told the cast member and they put us off to the side. I said, just wait here for a minute. And then when that light rider uh vehicle opened up which took about five minutes not very long um i sat in back nate sat in the the car in front of me and they loaded the rest of the train up and we were off to the races and that thing shoots you so fast in about like like five seconds you're up to like 65 miles an hour or something like that it's it's the fastest coaster on property i think the only other ride that's faster is test track everything else is it's faster than anything else um, it shoots you out and over on the roller coaster, like you see in all the videos you've watched. And then you enter the actual show building where you go through these rings. Um, the ride itself is so smooth. It's a similar smooth ride as Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, you're not doing any of the moving like that. So if you do get motion sickness on Guardians of the Galaxy, you won't have to worry about that with Tron because you're not moving from side to side. Um, and then I, I even forgot to mention, like, you have to put all your stuff in a locker before you even join the coaster. So there's a lot, there's free lockers. You scan your magic man, or they'll give you a card and you've got to put anything larger than a cell phone, even a hat. Like you got to put your hat in there. And, and then on the car itself, there's a small little area for your cell phone or for anything tiny that you want to put, but everything else has got to go in the locker. And these are double-sided lockers. So you open it from one side, put all your stuff in. And then when you're done, you, um, you open it from the other side and you leave and your magic oh, band, cool. yeah, your magic band or your card will open the locker up. It was super simple. Um, my that's rare because usually what Disney has done is gotten to where you can put like your backpack and other stuff like that, but it makes sense of how you board this ride mm -hmm. and how you ride it. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense why you have to do it that way. It's super <laughs> simple though. Like it's not complicated at all. Um, what I will say, my only complaint, and I don't want to call it a complaint per se. My only, my only diss on the ride is it needs to be about 60 seconds longer. Mm. Um, it's a very, like, it's, it's like seven dwarves mind train short. Oh yeah. So, so, you know, you know, like I would be highly disappointed if I'd have to wait two hours to ride this ride. That said, it is a phenomenal ride. So when I think about those four attractions that I talked about in each of the four parks, now that I've ridden them all, I would put them in order as the following. Number one, hands down, Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind is, in my opinion, the best attraction at Walt Disney World at this time. 
Really? Okay. Yes. Hands okay. Down. I mean, having having ridden, I mean, the problem is I haven't ridden everything else, but having ridden that, I mean, the ride is smooth. Oh, it is. It's like butter, and, butter, man. And the like, the omni mover of it gives a unique feel that you've never felt in any type of coaster. Nate, Nate was thoroughly amazed when he wrote it on on friday so that would be my number one my number two would in fact be tron tron is an amazing attraction and mm. it hands down is um it, it is an amazing coaster something that magic kingdom has needed for a long time they they've needed a, a thrill ride beyond the couple that they have i mean i really the only other thrill ride they have at the magic kingdom really is um uh sorry big thunder mountain really i mean like even seven dwarfs mine train really isn't a thrill ride really i would, I, I would still consider that to be a a thrill ride even though it's I, short i'd call it a junior coaster in a lot of okay. ways okay okay i think big thunder is a little bit more you don't, you don't think space mountain falls yes yeah, i'm sorry then space mountain's the other one okay. i mean like, okay. the, like space mountain big thunder like are your two big thrill rides that's as far as i can tell that's really it but anyway so tron would be number two number three would be flight of passage which you all know i love when i can write it and then number four would be rise of the resistance and nothing against rise of resistance i think it's one of the a great ride it's definitely a top 25 percenter in my book um i I, I will say that some of the demand for rise has gone down, which is nice. We were able to get on rise, just walk on in 20 minutes, which was fabulous. I think that's with all these rides that you're going to see. Cause I mean, that was the problem with rise of the resistance when it started out. I was like, Oh my gosh, is this going to blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And ultimately it's going to be like any other ride where it's going to be busy. And, but there's also going to be times where it's not, it's just now mm -hmm. become a normal e-ticket attraction. That there's going to be some days that are super duper, busy and you don't want to get on it and other days we're just going to be able to kind of walk right on and that's kind of just how the flow of it goes and i think the same thing's going to happen with guardians the same, same thing's going to happen with tron i think eventually the same thing will happen with flight of passage where mm -hmm. it it will just become it kind uh, of is already there i mean flight of passage wait times i mean they rarely unless it's a really really busy day rarely exceed 60 minutes at this point i mean it, it, it's very rare at this point um i'm interested in seeing where does disney go next at this point because i mean we've got the moana attraction i, I use that term lightly yeah i, it's I got experience I, yeah i got to see it from kind of a bird's eye view on the on the on the monorail the other day which was kind of cool to see where it's it's looking really cool but it's an yeah. experience it's a walkthrough after that like i know we got tiana's bayou adventure kind of a retheme a reskin um but like where do they go? Like, like they got this big giant thing coming down the pipeline with Universal called Epic Universe. That's you know two years away. Like, if Disney's going to do something, they better start announcing it now because we all know that if they announce it now, we'll get it in two thousand and thirty. So, like, well, like, that's <laughs> that's my key. Is like, I'm not sure what they can do at this point. Yeah, because. <sighs> okay, you announce stuff, but you're going to have to, you're going to have to uh, like build it. And, mm -hmm. and they've also gotten into the habit where they announce things and, then they, and start, they, they decide not to do it. And then they decide not to do it. So it's yeah. like, oh, okay. Like announcements mean nothing to me. It's like, okay, cool. You're planning on doing this, but like, are you actually going to, I don't know. I, 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 I I'm not sure where they go from here. I, I think they kind of got, caught flat-footed and 
I don't know. I'm yeah, I don't know. I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. So, but overall, it was a really good trip. We stayed at Port Orleans Riverside. First time I've stayed at that resort. I stayed at French Quarter before. Beautiful resort. I learned, and this was a trivia question I put up in my uh, my group. It uh, Port Orleans is the largest property on largest property in terms of total room count on property at Disney. There are over 3000 rooms on that property. Uh, remember our conversation last week about preferred rooms? Matt? Yeah. I couldn't yes. help but cursing you out while I was there because <laughs> I, I tell you right now that resort was at a minimum 10 to 12, a 10 to 12 minute walk from the um from from the the main area where the food court was where the buses were etc now they've got four depots so you could walk to the north depot what we were kind of smack dab in the middle the walking to the north bus depot for us was about a seven minute walk walking to the south depot or the food court was about a 12 or 14 minute walk if you were walking at a moderate pace you got kids at night that thing drops you it was a long walk you would want a preferred room at that point okay so port orleans yes you should get a preferred room any of the bigger resorts I, i i would say any of the bigger resorts i would if they're the smaller ones that are a little bit more compact maybe not such a big door but the big deal but port orleans riverside get a get a resort that or get a room that's closer to the uh to the to the, the food court I would, you would definitely your wallet will appreciate it and your 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 you're not your wallet your legs will appreciate it i should say all right well uh let's get into our our featured topic for the day Matt. Yeah. so this is a fun one we've done a lot of parks ones lately so this is going to be a break from that for right now still disney themed but uh, Matt, you and I are children, uh, are, are children of millennial. We're the millennial generation. We're yes. like children of the nineties. Right. And so we thought it would be fun to dive into what was basically my afternoons as a kid, when I would get home from elementary slash even middle school to some degree. Um, and that is what was referred to as the Disney afternoon. Yeah, I was a little bit uh, uh, I was a little bit early for this, but I still caught some of it. You caught some um, of the tail end of it. Like I yes. when I started doing some research on this, I didn't realize how extensive this actually was and 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 how long. I mean, this is a period of time that went from 1990 uh, until 1999, but even some of those uh, the, the shows actually lasted into the 2000s just a little bit too. Yeah. And and this is these are the shows that you normally think of. It's the Darkwing Duck, Tailspin, Goof Troop, all that stuff. But it also kind of it it enveloped a whole lot more. And especially mm-hmm. in that early '90s when they had all those hits, there were some cartoons that got spun off of that that kind of found their home on the Disney afternoon. Yeah. So for me, what I think I found most interesting was the 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 show that kicked this off was. The Adventures of the Gummy Bears. Gummy Bears, man. <laughs> I remember the Gummy Bears. I don't remember associating the Gummy Bears with the Disney Afternoon. And that's partly because the show itself debuted on NBC back in the 
like mid eighties when I was only two or three years old. So you, this wasn't really like part of the Disney afternoon until it got into like season five or season six, then it became part of that Disney afternoon in 1990 and 91 when I was seven, eight years old. But so here's kind of the history of this real quick. I'm I'm just going to kind of like give you the synopsis that I'm taking straight from Wikipedia here, but I think it's helpful to, to understand. The Disney afternoon goes back to Michael Eisner becoming Disney's CEO in 1984 and his push into steady animated television production, which would be based on new characters to bring in new young fans with a newly launched TV animation department. He set up a Sunday meeting at his house day uh, at his house day at his house days consisting of I don't know what that is at his house consisting of creatives. They included Tad Stones and Jim Megan and Gary Creasel from the music division. Mickey and the Space Pirates was pitched by Stones. I'd love to know what that was, but was turned down being that Mickey Mouse is the company symbol. They wanted to do right by him. So they pitched a Rescuers TV series, but a sequel was already under development at the time. Eisner suggested the Gummy Bears as a series given his kids like the candy. Disney Television Animation's first two shows, The Wuzzles and Adventures of the Gummy Bears, were sold to two networks, CBS and NBC, respectively, for their Saturday morning cartoon block. So that's kind of what got them started in terms of like the animation at that point. But then they decided they wanted to be able to bring this into like, all right, how can we bring this into a block? Disney was really, really good about doing that back in the nineties. Remember they had like the TGIF block of the live action sitcoms. This was kind of like the equivalent of the cartoons. I mean, they still kind of have that today where it's like, you know, comedy Thursdays on NBC or something. I'm making that up. I don't know if that's actually a thing, but, (laughs) but you're right. Like TGIF was like this, these were the prime shows. This was get around your TV at this time. And, and really realizing that this is also when TV is at a different time as well. That, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you had to catch it at these times, whereas now with streaming, you can watch it's TGIF whenever you want it to be, man. Let's be honest. In some cases, um, people, not everyone had cable. You know, this was still early nineties. So not everyone had cable. Some of these blocks were, were in the afternoon. This was also, I know this sounds crazy, but this was pre Nickelodeon. Wow. Like, like Nickelodeon was around in terms of like the late eighties, early nineties. And like, it it was kind of like a renegade channel. This was like, this was the precursor to some of the stuff that we see now with Nickelodeon. Like you don't get SpongeBob SquarePants without the Disney afternoon. You don't get the Cartoon Network without the Disney afternoon. Like they were like the, the, the OG, if you will, the pioneers in this idea. So when they finally decided to do this, it was around 1990 and they pulled over at this point, the fifth or sixth season of the adventures of the gummy bears, as well as three new shows, which encompassed characters from some, or, or, or I guess you could say spinoffs of some of Disney's most beloved characters, DuckTales, right? So you get Huey, Dewey and Louie, you get um, uh, Scrooge McDuck, right? You kind of get that whole concept over there chip and dale rescue rangers so you get a whole new spin on chip and dale og original characters from mickey mouse and you get tailspin 
Tales. Yeah, I, I just remember that song, that theme song in my head with with Baloo and, 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 and uh, Kit Cl- Cl- Cloud Kicker, I think was his name. Yeah. Um, so those start the original, like 1990. Now you would have only have been how old at that point? I mean, when this starts, I'm just like, just being born. Okay. So you're not even born yet really at this yeah, point. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm alive, but not. Not barely. enough to know what's going on. <laughs> I'm, I'm the target audience for this. I'm seven years old and, and in, in elementary school. And I, I remember coming home and I remember going downstairs into the family room with Ryan and I remember turning this on and we would watch, you know, this was, they were half an hour shows and it was a two hour block of TV. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for parents, this was a good thing as well of like, all right, right home from school. It's a little nice little decompress. Yep. You, um, it's a two hour block. And so you have a time sort of like, here's where, here's when the shows end. Um, I, 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 I mean, in the next year, it switched over to DuckTales, Chippendale, Rescue Rangers, Tailspin, Darkwing Duck. That was probably like, you know, these early 90s are, are what I think has become the stereotypical Disney afternoons. Yeah, they get rid um, of they get rid of the adventures of the gummy bears. That kind of goes the way they did this is they would they would bump all what I read. They would bump the oldest one that was always the first time slot they would bump that one off and everything would bump up so then they let off with ducktales chippendale tailspin and then like you said darkwing duck comes on the scene in 91 at that point right and at that point um uh ducktales i, I didn't realize this but ducktales didn't hang around all that long no it didn't it and initially really, this is this is disney cartoons in a nutshell like even today like the revival of DuckTales didn't go for 10 seasons. No. It, it's it's usually like a two to three season arc. And then that's about done. And yeah. and I think that's how Disney has had. I, I think this is some of the success of it is because, I mean, how many shows do we know? I know uh, Chris and I talked about this on, on Discontinued On Display. That TV shows don't know when to end sometimes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they go like two they seasons too shark. long. They yeah, the they shark. jump the shark or just like the story gets weird. And so I, I think, you know, it's Disney's way of saying, all right, we're, we're definitely not going to overdo any cartoons. Mm-hmm. So, well, so, I, so yeah, so they so DuckTales kind of goes on until 92 and then it goes Chippendale, Tailspin, Darkwing Duck and then Goof Troop. And I would say for a lot of millennials, that lineup, I mean, uh, I think that lineup right there in, in DuckTales to some degree, like those five, that is truly kind of like what people think of when they think of that Disney afternoon, because then we start to get into some other ones. Like, I don't remember bonkers. I don't remember that one at all. No, I don't remember that one. And it starts getting into like movie specific ones where like Aladdin comes out. And I, and I a- don't remember that. I, I kind of remember the Aladdin TV series, but I don't remember watching it, but I know the next one on that list though, Gargoyles. Yeah, gargoyles. I never, yeah. I never watched it. I never watched an episode of that. But I know for a lot, I think this starts to get into when you were starting to get a little bit older. Yeah. So this became like your generation. Like, because you're what, five years younger than me, six years? Younger? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be 40 this year. So, yeah, like seven. Okay. So, seven, so you're seven years, Nate's six. This kind of starts to get into your Disney afternoon a little yeah. bit, you know? And even I would say, like, yeah, gargoyles. Um, 
this is also where we caught more of like the like I remember Timon and Pumbaa and Aladdin shows more because those movies came out and connected. Mm-hmm. And so then seeing a show with that movie or associated with that movie was was a good thing for like the synergy and everything. Um I, I remember too, um, for me, it was the Saturday mornings, the one Saturday morning where mm-hmm. like Doug recess, mm. um, that, that was really like the wheelhouse of what I remember, like a lot of people having the connections to. What was interesting about Doug was that Doug was on ABC, but it was a show that was produced by Nickelodeon. Yeah. Like yeah. Doug was originally a Nickelodeon show that debuted with, with Rugrats and Ren and Stimpy. It was Doug, Rugrats, Ren, Stimpy. I feel like there was one more, but like those were the initial three that I remember, right? And again, that was you know. And then the 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 Saturday morning Doug on ABC was different than the Doug that was on Nickelodeon. Like it felt different. It was a little bit more mature, actually. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Um. You know, it's interesting because at this time, I don't know if you read the history on this a little bit, but there, like, there was this was kind of a, a scandal when this kind of all came on 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 board. So. Um, uh, it says DuckTales had been airing on many affiliates of the then young Fox network and its group of owned and operated stations. Um, uh, at the time, Michael Eisner and his Fox counterpart, Barry Diller had worked together previously at ABC and Paramount. Um, as Chippendale was being launched, Disney was in the process of purchasing Los Angeles independent station, KHJ TV from RKO general. Through Buena Vista Television, Disney opted to reclaim the Los Angeles broadcast rights for DuckTales and move it to the new station to be paired with Chip and Dale. This was, uh, Diller was furious at this breach of contract. And because of that, encouraged, uh, pulled all DuckTales from all of Fox's other owned and operated stations, encouraged affili- affiliates to do the same. This caused the retaliatory, retaliatory formation of Fox Kids. So ah. again, so that's where Fox Kids came from. What's funny about that is it wasn't much later, according to this, 2001, that Disney goes and buys Fox Kids and Fox Family and rebrands it ABC Family, which is now, if you think, if you follow through through the iteration of what it is now, it's Freeform now. Yeah. But that's what started that whole that whole trajectory of that whole separate station. Interesting, right? Disney afternoon shaping the media landscape in the <laughs> early nineties. But it, it is true though. When you, when you look at what, what kind of what the, their legacy and what they brought, um, you know, again, we don't get Nickelodeon in the, in the, the way that Nickelodeon is without the competition from the Disney afternoon, um, just kind of rounding out the rest. And then we can kind of take a deep dive into some memories on these. So again, goof troop bonkers, um, Goof Troop started in 92 and lasted in 96. Bonkers, 93 to 96. Aladdin, 94 to 97, along with Gargoyles, 94 to 97. Um, that's when Tailspin had ended, 94. Same with Chippendale Rescue Rangers in 93. The Schnookums and Meat Funny Cartoon Show. Did you ever watch this? I have no idea what that is. Uh, <laughs> no clue what that is. I mean, I'm looking at... I don't, I feel like this, the, 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 just looking at the pictures, these look similar to like, 
the the dog from um animaniacs the one yeah i love him i love him i love him one you know it definitely has an animaniacs feel and and now that i'm i'm looking at him um like that that kind of looks familiar but not (laughs) not anything that i remember watching that's Mm -hmm. for sure then there was the Lion King's Timon and Pumbaa. Yep, that that one I have some memories of because you know Timon and Pumbaa were kind of the the like you know cult classic stars there. I mean, hence Lion King one and a half exists. Then there's the Disney's Quack Pack, an animated sitcom produced by Walt Disney and Television, featuring Donald Duck and his nephews. Yes. I don't remember this one. You don't remember that one? Yeah, that no. one that one I know didn't run very long, but yeah, it was it it was trying to capitalize on the people who had who DuckTales um who DuckTales um resonated with because mm-hmm. it was kind of meant a little bit more for like teens and things like that. Well, it's interesting um, cuz this is 96-99, so I would have been 13 to 17 at this point. I would have been in high school, so this probably wasn't really like my forte i would have pretty much given up cartoons at that point i mean you're in, as we've talked about several times on this podcast timing is everything you know yes yeah there's a lot of lot of timing stuff that that happens with all this but this was the first one that like huey Dewey, and louie are like teenagers okay and okay. so like they have more like a teen a teen feel to it so, all right all right you know well then there was the mighty ducks animated series i yeah. do sort of remember this one I think that was kind of fun. There was the 101 Dalmatians, the series, which ran for literally one season. It must have not been. And that was just on the original network was ABC at that point. And then there was Hercules. And I think that's the other thing to say is that when you look at like these ran either on the Disney Channel or ABC um, or CBS, some of them were, were syndicated. And then there was also a channel called Toon Disney. Yeah, Toon Disney was a was a thing as well, and that was kind of huh. from what I read. Like again, like you got to you got to realize in the '90s, like cartoons were very much like a, a separate, very very separate genre from film. It's like mm-hmm. okay, you know, it's it's um, you know, cartoons are over here, and then and then other TV is over here, and so there, a lot of a lot of places had like a tune this. Um, to be able to like separate those. You know, it makes me wonder, I just looked up real quick, Lizzie McGuire, because when you think about when this ended, the Disney afternoon, these two, this ended basically like just about 2000. And that was kind of when like these live action, like kid type shows, Lizzie McGuire's, even Steven, the famous Jet Jackson, um, you know, all, you know, though that whole run of, of like, show started to appear in like the early 2000s right so you go from kind of like animation to that and it almost makes me wonder because in a lot of ways with the ending of the disney afternoon disney kind of seeds like that they're not they're not in like they're not producing the best animated content for TV anymore. They kind of cede some of that territory to Nickelodeon with SpongeBob, right? That's probably the one that I can think of the most is SpongeBob. Like, but again, there was also Doug and Rugrats. And at that point, the Rocco's Modern Life and and the Wild Thornberries and all that, right? Those were all Nickelodeon shows. Yeah, I think what they realized smartly is that their advantage is in the movie theater. 
Mm-hmm. And um, not that they didn't continue to create TV shows past this, but it, this felt like we're going to compete to be the top of television. And then, like, at, you're right, at the end of this, it very much feels like, uh, okay, you know what, Nickelodeon, Cartoon Network, have a great time. You know, you guys create some fantastic TV shows, be at the top. We're we're going to focus on our bread and butter, which is the the movie i mean the the first nickelodeon movie to like of what i remember to be like really a big deal was jimmy neutron Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. and even that was you know not as big as any disney film if you really think about nickelodeon movies a lot of them i mean they're they've had the spongebob spongebob squarepants movies and stuff but like the biggest competition to Disney animated movies at this point is Illumination, right? Yeah. And so like, it it does make sense to me that Universal, Nickelodeon, like that whole bunch is kind of teamed up to take on the behemoth that is, that is Disney. Um, But as far as the, the, the Disney afternoon series goes, I mean, at this point, we're talking, we're 30 years removed from a lot of these shows and I think a lot of them are enjoying a renaissance among millennials who have grown up. I mean, I remember when we got at the Disney store, that whole lineup of Disney afternoon mugs. Yeah. Um, I ended up getting the tailspin one. I was so excited, but they sold out consistently. We could they not keep them here. in stock because they, 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 they bring a memory back of that time in your life when life was not as complicated, you know, when you came home from school and just could sit down and watch TV Yep, slurp, um, slurp a Slurpee and yep, what, you know, eat some Sour Patch or whatever. Get your Go-Gurt. And, yeah, well, <laughs> go, that was before my time. That must have been, I, I've never understood. Just eat the yogurt out of the can. I don't I don't get it, but yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so I got a question for you. So I, of all the shows, I'm going to read them again real quick. Yeah. Gummy, Gummy Bears, DuckTales, Chippendale Rescue Rangers, Tailspin, Darkwing Duck, Goof Troop, Bonkers, Aladdin, Gargoyles, schnookums and meat funny cartoon show whatever question you're about to ask it's not that one okay <laughs> lion kings timon and pumbaa quack pack mighty ducks 101 dalmatians the series and hercules of those 15 shows which one do you think has gone on to have the biggest legacy oh oh that's a great question um or is the most fondly remembered of you the know shows? probably uh, okay, I'm going to give you my reasoning on two of them. I, I'm going right. to take out all the movie ones because I, I think any legacy... The, Aladdin does not have a legacy because of the Aladdin I, Oh, TV no, yeah, I, I would agree with you on that one. And I'm saying, in other words, these are shows that have been able to stand on their own and are remembered because of the show. I think DuckTales um, okay. is a big one. Um, you know, the fact that that series got revived, mm-hmm. the fact that so many of the characters like Scrooge and like a kind of have come out of that it's like scrooge to your point it's like our generation remembers scrooge mcduck because of ducktales not because exactly. of scrooge mcduck in the christmas carol exactly like that exactly. like scrooge mcduck for me like i remember seeing the christmas carol the mickey christmas carol for the first time going oh scrooge is in that not even like thinking like like duh like, like, duh. Of course he is. like <laughs> but like like in my mind like scrooge mcduck is ducktales Yes, exactly, exactly. And I think Goof Troop as well, because um, like a goofy movie has such a big following. Max is a big favorite of a lot of of a lot of this generation. 
and and even just by extension goofy i mean even they made a second goofy an extremely goofy movie yeah and that one i remember that one was super cool it was like because that was definitely like a late 90s early 2000s uh mm-hmm. movie because wasn't mm-hmm. that one revolving around like uh like extreme sports competition i just remember it was a direct it was a direct to video suit i mean it was 1995 direct to video so yeah, i think that uh, was i'm uh, sorry th- i actually was... take that back that was 2000 the original was 95 yeah that yeah, was I... 2000 I think I think that one is like there's an extreme sports competition, and so that's like the great like I remember in 2000 like skateboarding was like whoa. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I'm with you. I was gonna say I think Goof Troop of all of them, but although you made a very good good point on on um, uh, Ducktales as well, but I think one of the reason why I think Goof Troop could fall into that is to your point, Max. Max is a character that derived from that show exclusively. You didn't yeah. know about Max until that show, right? So the fact that Max is a popular character, I think that makes a huge point. I will add one more to this list as well. Um, I do think Chippendale Rescue Rangers also has somewhat of a legacy because I think there's an entire generation, myself included, that knows Chippendale only as the rescue rangers yeah. and then the, the the other chippendale I, and in a lot of ways i know this sounds weird but in a lot of ways i think of the chippendales from the rescue rangers as a completely different set of characters than regular chippendale old school chippendale like i know they're the same but they have such different personalities that i think the chippendales the chippendale from rescue rangers is completely different in my mind yeah yeah i yeah. I, I mean i don't is there a Chippendale before this? <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's, it's rich. and that's another one that got the reboot of the film, and and you know it, and I, I could see them doing more with that Chippendale. Uh, well, they property. did. I mean, they did with the with the. I mean, like you said, with the film, and the film is supposed to be canon in a lot of ways. So I yeah. think that that's big, you know. And I think it's important to say that Disney has gone on and continued to find success with animated TV shows. I don't think it's been like this. I think they've been one off. I think the Disney channel as we know it probably will never, as we knew it then will never exist as we knew it then because of the way Disney plus is now. And like you said, the way people view TV is completely different than it was, you know, 30 years ago. Yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, I guess Phineas and Ferb is the closest thing that you can get to like a big modern day animation success. By the way, they're you know rebooting that as well. Mm-hmm. I would say the new Mickey shorts have found oh success gosh. as well. I again, I'm I'm not a fan of them, but I know there's an entire generation of of kids that are growing up on them. I was surprised to learn there are over 89 of them now. There's a ton point. of. Guess what one I've introduced my child to? The, First uke- of all, the ukulele I'm- one. Uh, not that one. The Potato okay. Land one, which is by okay. far the the greatest potato. Abraham Lincoln, great moments with Mr. Lincoln is is the uh, is is great. Okay. Um, and then the other one was uh, the top. I'm on top of top the of the world. Yeah. You know, we had we had it playing when we would get back from the parks at night. We would put it on as kind of background noise. And they didn't have that one. I was waiting for that one to come out because that's one of my favorites. But the one that they had was the one with the pig. The, the the oink 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 you know where the pig's singing yes. and he grows up and oink that, that made me laugh that was one of my favorites i i you know, I, again i remember all of these playing at the disney store like the, the the criticism that i that i hear from them and and it's it's i i believe a valid criticism 
the animation style can be very weird. Um, like Goofy has like a homeless vibe to him. He does. He's the uh, one that looks the worst. Like yeah, I can get past Mickey Mouse, but Goofy man. Yeah, Goofy. Goofy looks like a really like just dirty fellow um (laughs) and that's not what he is he's just like i I get what they were going for but from a writing standpoint like they are they're so well done (laughs) you know you know who produces those right no okay so we're watching the uh we're watching the the credits of these and and nate goes look look who produces this it's not paul rudd it's paul ruddish he's not quite paul rudd paul ruddish <laughs> which ruddish. i just i just he's, he's ruddish but that's his name is paul ruddish which is, just makes me laugh that it's, it's not quite paul rudd but it's close <laughs> you know so well anyway um yeah as far as the the disney afternoon goes i mean again this is such a major part of of millennial childhood you know and again I could go into stories upon stories upon stories of, of just how these things, um, you know, the, these shows and how I used to just play and, and have toys and video games. I mean, just one example, Chippendale Rescue Rangers had, um, I think I even mentioned this in our top 10 Disney video games episode. They had a video game, an NES video game that I used to play at my buddy TJ's house. And I know TJ listens to the show. So TJ, call out to you, buddy. I remember sitting in your basement playing that NES game with Fat Cat and 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 watch or and and and, and controlling Chip and Dale to go beat Fat Cat with you. I remember the very first time we did it, we beat them. I remember I had the VHS copies of Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. And oh wow, there's one in particular where they go to steal like one of those or, or, or fat cat steals, like one of those Fabergé eggs. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and I remember them going to like solve that. I remember that episode being, I remember, I remember watching that episode with the VCR, not at my house when I was growing up, but the house before that, the house that I lived wow. on in Cherry Hill. Like I was like six years old, five years old. I'm pretty sure you can still get the Disney afternoon collection, like is a video game you can get that has the DuckTales and the tailspin and the rescue. Mm-hmm, it's like, it's mm-hmm. got, it's got all that. So you can, you can still get it on play switch. You can get it on switch. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Darkwing duck, a little fun story. So when we were younger, my brother or my dad had, um, we had a boat, we had a boat and we'd go boating on the lake, you know, what you do in Michigan, you go to the, you go to the lake with the boat and we would, we put our life vest on, we'd be in the middle of the lake and we would swim in the middle of the lake with the life vest on. And, you know, there was a, a character, um, that a, a villain that was made of water. And, and I can't remember what his name was, Aquaman or whatever. And I would pretend that I was that villain and, and he was Darkwing Duck and I would throw water at him. And, 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 and we would play Darkwing Duck when we were a kid. Like yeah. he was Darkwing, I was the villain. We had all the action figures. Ryan had Darkwing himself. I had the the Electro Volt guy, the, the electricity yeah. guy. I had him. Um, uh, so yeah, Darkwing was a big one. And then as far as Tailspin goes, I had the giant plane set oh, with Baloo. Cool. Yes. And I mean, you could probably find it on eBay. Oh, I'm sure um, you can. If, if Chris was here, he'd be looking it up right now. I'm, um, I'm um, on it. With, with uh, Kit Cloud Kicker um, kind of riding in the back and you could fly this thing around and Oh my God. It was just so, I mean, the, the toys were, were awesome toys back then, man. They really were. Let me see if I could tailspin. I was going to say there's, I mean, there's definitely a lot of there, there was a whole happy meal toy of, of the planes. Let me see here. Let's see if I can find it here. Interesting. Uh, 
yeah, I, I'd have to go looking for this thing. Yeah, I was like, this it was is a, a- <laughs> it was a giant plane though. I just remember it was a giant plane and and he had all the toys and oh I had so much fun with this thing when I was a kid. But you know, this is this is what I'm, this is what Disney does well. I mean, Michael Eisner brought that whole idea of synergy um uh, among the parks, upon toys, among TV, among movies. And and this is the result of that. You get um you know, you get a generation of millennials that have grown up going, Oh man, I wish I still had that stuff. Or I remember that from my memory, you know? Yep. Yeah. Oh man. There's tons of stuff that I wish I hadn't gotten, (laughs) but you know, it is what it is. Yeah. But all right. Well, anything else you got on your mind about the, about the shows? Um, I think I'm okay. This was a fun trip down memory lane. It was, it was, it wasn't a top 10. We know it. We know you guys love our top 10 episodes, but we can't, we got more coming. We got more coming. I'm trying to look to see what we got coming up. I think next next week week. is guardians. So is it guardians? I don't even think I got to watch it before then. Ooh, is it guardians? I mean, we can also switch that around. It wouldn't be the first time that we've switched around. No, no. I'm just looking to see if I can find it on my list here. Oh no, no. Next week's Mandalorian Roundtable. Ah, yes. yes. We got to uh, get a couple of people. We got to, I've already talked to Mike. Mike's going to, Mike's on board. Corey, if you're listening to this, you're going to be getting a phone call from me here shortly. <laughs> I know, I know, I know Amy will be on board. She, she's all up, up about talking Mandalorian. I actually have one more person. I think I might try to um, bring on board someone I met at Momentum last year. His name's Jim. And he's like, I'd love to talk Mandalorian with you guys. So we have, now that we got Zoom, we can have multiple people. Yeah, on absolutely. And, and it's awesome. So, um, so anyway, we talked about my trip at the beginning of the episode uh if you are looking to plan a trip i would love to help you do that um if you go to www.caseywoolley.com that's c-a-s-e-y-w-o-o-l-e-y.com under the planning section you will find what i like to call blueprints there's a walt disney world blueprint a disneyland blueprint a universal studios blueprint a cruise blueprint and just a generic blueprint these help me understand the type of trip that you want to take. Uh, or you can just email me, Casey Woolley at MainStreetAndMoreTravel.com if you want to kind of get some ideas. It costs you nothing extra to use a travel planner like me, um, but you get my years of expertise and, and I would absolutely love to be able to provide that to you and give you my guidance. I've got a lot of resources. In fact, I got several people who are traveling this week uh, to Disney this week and next week. So um, I would love to help you to plan that. And um, it's real super easy to get that process started. So again, CaseyWoolley.com. Um, you can also go to uh, Facebook.com slash Magical Casey to learn more. It's where all my posted all my stuff. I would love to have you follow me along. So uh, Matt, how do they get a hold of us? In yeah, your- you can uh, email us at Beers and Ears 1928 at gmail.com. Facebook group Beers and Ears Podcast, Twitter and Instagram at Beers Ears 1928. As always, rate and review us, tell your friends, all that jazz. Um, yeah, absolutely. All that, all that jazz. All that jazz. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, we truly appreciate you popping on and listening to us today. Um, we're going to go ahead and raise our glasses today. This episode has been on us. We'll see you again real soon. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to a Sorcerer Network podcast.